Today I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 14, um, verses 26 to 40. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at most the three, should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations of the Lord, Lord's people, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for the, the reading of the word. I think it's supposed to be the other way around, but I think it's, it's better for me. I feel like uh, uh, the ice has been broken after, after the, the awesomeness of the word of, of the Lord. This morning, I've been given a task to share one of the most uh, uh, probably controversial passage in the scripture in the New Testament. And I'm... Um, and in First Corinthians chapter 14. And it's about, probably, I, I think I used, I used the other mic, I think. Um, I think this morning, I'd, I'd like to share this part. Uh, we already talked about First Corinthians and the whole, the, the, the whole book of First Corinthians. And this morning, I would like to share with you um, about this controversial topic in this, in this uh, chapter 14 at the end of this chapter 14 it's it's almost like it's planned by Luke so that so that Luke will not be able to uh, to be uh, crucified by the ladies and at the same time the controversy of speaking in tongues and the, the prophecy so I think he 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 cleverly did this scheduling but uh, but this morning I, I believe that God has a word for us all amen amen no, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good with this. So this morning, um, let's let's um, just begin with uh, with a word of prayer, and uh, we will dive into the Word of God this morning. Father, thank you for this wonderful Scripture that you have given us, because it gives us 
guidelines give us the very ultimate purpose why we gather here this morning and in this building and in this congregation. We ask that your spirit will guide us into all truth in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, uh, again, as, as a Filipino Asian, my, my English probably some, some of this would, you wouldn't understand. So if you don't understand, raise your hands and I will explain to you at least as much as possible. Yeah? It's okay? Is it all right? As the Asian people always say, my, our English is not a champion. You know? We are not English in champion. So it's really confusing. Yeah? So that, that's the Asian way. But that means, it means that our English is not as good, it's not articulate. But this morning, I would ask the Lord that the word of God will be articulated in your heart and in your spirit. Yep, this morning. So, uh, Corinth has a problem and Paul was dealing with a problem. The problem was that the church has been disorderly conducting their worship service. And the, and the practices of the spiritual gift that has given to the church. That was the problem in Corinth. And unfortunately, um, the church today has an even bigger and greater problem. Because this issue has continued on even in our generation. In this uh, 21st century. And even even a bigger problem because sometimes worship style or order becomes a, a, an issue in the church and it causes division and even uh, dissension in the church. Yeah? Have you noticed this? Have you, have you even uh, pondered about this? And sometimes it causes not just uh, division, dissension, and disunity, but even to the point of making denomination on out of these issues in, the, in, in Corinthians. Yeah? In fact, this morning I woke up at 5 o'clock. I was looking at the, the order of worship through generations, through the, from even the, the centuries. They always have problem with it. Because some people have to have their own idea how to interpret this. And so even they, they, they become, the, there's the event evolution of a lot of denominations, you know, <laughs> from the Anglo, uh, Anglo here and Anglo there, to all the Lutheran, to the brethren, to the, everybody has their own ways of interpreting this. Unfortunately, Paul addresses the Corinthian, he says, there must be a good order in worship. In fact, we missed the point of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. It was not about even the worship, it is the order of the worship that Paul was dealing with. There was an disorderly way of doing it. And the scripture has given us a guideline how to do this. It was not the issue even of um, um, uh, the women was talking a lot. It's not even that. In fact, there's no proof. I read the almost every commentaries. It doesn't even have a proof. If, it's not even the original. They said it was not even the original transcript. Somehow Paul like put aside, uh, put some passage there or word that dealing with a woman. It was not an intention for Paul to silence the woman in the church. In fact, it's the contrary. The previous passages even encourages Paul for women to speak. 
to prophesy. Yeah? So, this morning, I'd like to share with you that uh, the truth is that in this passage, Paul was saying that everyone, every single one of us has something to bring into the church and add to the community in, with a purpose of it. There's a purpose why we come to the church this morning or every time we attend the service. There's a purpose in it. There's an ultimate purpose. It is just, it's not just going through the motion, but here in verse 26, it says that when we gather together, when we come together, each of you has a hymn. It says, it's, it's just, it says, and a word of instruction or uh, in our modern day, there's a preaching, there's a praise and worship, there is a prophecy, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, or an interpreter. So these things, it says, when we come together in the church, in, in, the, in, in Corinth, it says, you're doing this, but there's an order. It says, every one of you, when you come, don't just, uh, one will go and run all over these things. A hymns, a word, some, something like a picture. I've seen this before in my, in my, in my journey in Christian life. I was serving in, in Singapore. I've seen a lady who, he, who becomes a praise and worship leader, a preacher, and at the same time, a prophet. And he carried on and on and on. And I was, we were just stand there like, probably that's a picture of First Corinthians. You know, some people are just... Going for it without an order at all. It was chaotic. It was problematic. That's why Paul came. He says, it, in the service, there's an order. He says, if you come, like this morning, Amy delivered the word. Read the word. Analysts start the praise and worship. I mean, sang the song. He says, every one of us, there is an order in the church. And in the uniting church, as I understand before, um, if we the evolution of of um, uniting church used to be no no no, no not these drums. A worship is almost just what a liturgy of words, and then it developed into hymns. Yeah, and now some of the the Uniting Church has the praise and worship. Some of them are even more than a praise and worship. They have evolved into a more prophetic, we call it a more uh, vibrant kind of worship. There's tongues, there's uh, practice of this and so forth and so on. So, this is the, the biggest reason why we come together is that we share a hymns. We share the word of God. We share a revelation a prophecy or a tongues, an interpretation. Because what's the reason behind it? What's the reason why Paul corrected them? Because the very reason why we come together is that we have come to know the principle of coming together as a church, to be blessed, to build up the church. The reason why we're doing all these things is for us to be built up, not to be divided. Yeah? So we come here this morning, we've done all these things. The order of says the only reason why we have an order is because we want everybody to be built up, not to be chosen out. Out of the building, out of the church. 
we have the order because we want to build the church of the living God. So all of this part in our services are to build us up. See, if you look at the hymns, it's to build us up. It's not to divide us, regardless of your style. The problem here is that probably in, it's just my, 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 uh, my observation because I've seen it. In my, my Christian life now is uh, since 1975, I came to know the Lord. 75. I'm not good in math, but when I ask my wife, he knows how old I am now in my Christian walk. Because he's a mathematician. So 1975. Huh? 46 years of Christianity. So I have another mathematician here. So 46 years old of my journey. I've seen this. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, it's safe for me to say. That a lot of churches I've been through and I saw, I've seen. They divided because of style, not because of the essence of worship inside the church. The division and the, the dissension inside the church is about the style and preference. Yeah? It's, I prefer that. See, when, when, when even for this passage, some people use it, oh, see, it's hymns. We don't even understand what hymns. Hymns is a song that is an expression of our our journey and testimony of our relationship with God. That's why we write, we wrote these hymns. We sing these hymns. You know, because hymns is written by people that has the relationship and experience with Jesus, with God in their journey. That's why these hymns. But out of this, sometimes people made a theology and dogma out of it. Have you experienced that before? You see, you see it's only hymns. Actually, hymns, uh, this morning, I vis revisited again my study about hymns. Hymns is a type of song, usually uh, religious and partially coincident with devotional song, especially written for the purpose of adoration or prayer and typically addressed to the deity of Jesus Christ or the, prominent of the prominency of Jesus, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a hymn. It's a it's a testimony that is written, and so we sing it. Yeah? That's why we sing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. So we, we have this. It's a, it's a hymn. It's a testimony that we have that blessed assurance with Jesus, with God. So the purpose of order in the church, all these things, is to build up everyone in the church, to build it up. The focus is not even us personally, but it's others to build up others. Yeah? So Paul was saying to the Corinthians, come on, church, all these things that you bring into the table is for the building up of, my, of the church. It's not to divide the church. He says, if anyone... So if when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may build up. So therefore, okay, everything that we do here, the reading, the preaching, the praise, the worship, everything else that we do, again, is what? It's the focus is on the order and 
the building up. The building up of each other. So, when we, when we sing praises to God, actually, it's more reason for me to sing as much, as loud, as passionate as I can. Because I want to build the person next to me. That I can let them see that I'm really worshiping in, with my intimacy with my God. See, that's, that's the whole reason why we come to church, isn't it? Not to fold our hands and watch and become, uh, it's almost like a judge inside a church and say, oh, he's not singing it right or out of tune. No, it doesn't matter. You know, when, when we worship, as I said, every time I go to the uh, Philippines into the, the urban places or the, they call it the, the um, remote places in, in Philippines, they only have a guitar that is out of tune. Most of the time. But when they worship, regardless of what that sound is, they are, the, the heart and the voices are tuned with God. As if that God is really right here. And it's an honor and privilege for them to worship God. I was, uh, a testimony that I, I've shared many times, that when I was in Singapore, I have only like 200 plus congregational members in the church. But when we worship, it's all, it sounds like a thousand. Because they're just worshiping God. When they, when, they, when they read the word, they read with passion. When they worship God, they worship with passion. You know, you know I'm so grateful that we are not big here in, in Bilabong, but you can hear people with a passion in their heart worshiping him. That's, I'm built up, isn't it? It, you, it builds your spirit up. And the church starts to build it, built up as well. Because we are here for the right reason and for the right purpose. Number two, it says there must be an order in our spiritual gifts. In the practice of our spiritual gift. There must be an orderliness in our spiritual gift. If, if you look at that, that scripture, it says uh, in verse 27, if anyone speak in tongues, it says there is an order. He didn't stop them from speaking in tongues, but he says, there's an order. There's a guideline. He says, two or three. And not only that number, it's not a number only, he says, but it has to have a, what? Interpreter. He says, the word must be interpreted because otherwise it becomes a foreign word and it scares. You know, I've been to a place in, I think it's in early 90s or, or mid 90s. I, I traveled to Canada. I, I'm not going to tell you what the, the, the denomination. I went because I, we know that in Singapore you're going to hit. It's like the service is, is scary. You know, it's really scary. My hair stands. Not for a good reason. Uh, hair stands because it's kind of scary. You are in the midst sometimes the, in a congregation with, when the people are like screaming and, and making sound like uh, uh, it's not exactly a lion, but it's like a slaughtered, being slaughtered lion. It's, not, it's like really scary sound. And some people are, are spinning around like a, like a, what I call this one, um, frisbee or the tops, you know, when you hit. It's like 
all kinds of weird things is happening here. And the voice and the, 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 the tongues that they were speaking is like, if, I, if I'm not used to hearing it and seeing it, probably I'll run from this, from inside the, uh, the, the building to outside the, 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 the door in a, in a second. It's scary. So I went there. So that's why Paul, I, I, if I could imagine, Paul was dealing with this kind of uh, people. It's just uh, misinterpreting and really just wreaking havoc about the spiritual gift, the usage of spiritual gift. You know, the Bible did not, even Paul says, I am not stopping you to do all this thing. In fact, he encouraged it because speaking in tongues is for the uh, for instruction and encouragement. The purpose of this is to encourage. If no interpreter, it encourages yourself. If there's an interpreter, it encourages the body. There's an encouragement, a spiritual encouragement. That's why he encouraged, Paul says, speak in tongues, but do it in orderly manner. Sometimes uh, there are people who really, really make it all the way. The extremity is almost like, uh, I, cannot even, I don't even have a word to ex express it when I was there. I went there. It started in Canada. We flew there because we know we're going to deal with it. So how we can control it when we were in, in Singapore. We really flew in and, and see for ourselves what's going on there. Otherwise, we don't know how to, you know, we don't want to, again, as, as Philippians says, we don't want to um, kind of um, uh, speak ill or, or speak something that we, we don't have an idea. It might be from God or somewhere else. So we went there. I tell you, it was scary. It was really scary. Thank God we went there so that we can deal with it. It was scary. Now there are some people are slithering in the floor like a snake. And they, they said it was a, 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 a prophetic thing. Uh, part of the spiritual gifts. I said, if that, that was true, I think the Bible has not spoken about it. That's why even in the spiritual gift, Paul was telling the Corinthians, it has to be orderly done. Speaking in tongues, two or three. It says, it has to be, there's a, here, in fact, he said, uh, there must be a limited quantity logical uh, sequences accompanying with interpreter, interpreter. If there's no interpretation, he says, just keep silent and speak to yourself so that you will be what? Encouraged and built. If there's an interpreter, speak it up because you can build up somebody's life and you can encourage somebody. Yeah? And then even in, in the, in the, uh, the prophet, in the speaking in, uh, on, on a prophetic word, it says in prophecy, this is exactly almost his, um, in, in um, it says almost the same guideline. It says when you, Paul encouraged the, the Corinthians, he says, speak in, in tongues and also prophesy. He says, desire prophecy. 
Because prophecy edifies. It's for the edification. Where speaking in tongues is for what? Speaking in tongues is for encouragement. But prophecy is for to edify. For edification. You know, um, last week I was having lunch with, with blocks about four of them. Uh, four including me, three of them, four, four of us. And uh, this, this uh, guy was sharing about, uh, we was just about to talk about worship and the ministry up, up the hills. And out of that, suddenly I stopped and I shared with them. I said, hey, I think this is what the Lord is doing in our lives. This is supposed to be the, the thing. And I started sharing. I said, um, no, together we are almost like a dam, a reservoir where people can drink. And the person next to me stopped me. He says, wait, 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 stop. I said, now it makes sense. He says, I received this prophetic word 20 years ago at the other church, at Riverview, he says. Somebody's talked to me, uh, actually my co-servant co, uh, uh, like, uh, in the ministry, in the worship ministry. He says, you know, um, he said, I have this this vision for you, a word for you. He says, you're like, you're like uh, there's a dam that is attached to you. And you're in it. 20 years, he never know the word, the, the meaning of the word. But on that lunch, he was so edified because he understood that that dam, that reservoir was him. He is carrying a reservoir of this passion of worship that is about to add on to that big dam that we're creating so that everybody can drink from it. The interpretation came 20 years later. Isn't that wonderful? And it, I, it just edified him. And I was edified. And the four of us was like, yes, we are all edified because somehow the prophetic word was given and 20 years later was accidentally being interpreted. Accidentally because I know I was not intended to share that word. But it was prophetically being interpreted by the Holy Spirit that day during lunchtime. You know, I received a, a lot of prophetic word in my life through the years. And it's only when I came uh, a little bit I experienced it in Singapore, but more here in Perth. That I'm supposed to write songs. And I did, actually. It came about. Believe me or not, I have songs, but I never sang it in church because I know it was come, it comes from God and it was our song. It builds me up. Yeah, it edifies my soul. I think prophecy, tongues, and all these things is to... Encourage us and edify us. There is an order for it so that the church is not chaotic, but being edified and encouraged. There's orderliness in, even in the speaking of, um, of women in the church or women speaking in the church. I think that was not, that Paul was not telling the woman, shut up. No, actually Paul says he desired everyone to the woman to speak even in 1 Corinthians 11.5. He says, prophesy. Prophesy. Speak in tongues. 
He encourages them. He didn't even stop them. But I, th I believe there is a clue here why woman was saying, in, in the midst of the, the, the gathering, he says, keep silent. Two things I've seen here. When you read the scripture, it says, has anything to about learning? It says, if you want to learn something, ask your husband first at home. Don't ask somebody's husband. But there is a clue here because they are all married men, women. They are married women that probably during the service in Corinthians, they, they used the, the privilege of that prophetic time to ask questions and to get back to their husbands. By using probably, for example, they've heard about loving. And so during the prophetic word, you see, God says you have to be loving. Why you are not loving today? Why you quarrel with me this morning? And all these things. Probably that's the example. You know, I'm just exaggerating the, the scripture. Yeah. Probably he says, uh, that's why Paul says, women, keep silent in, in, in the, the gathering of the church. He says, and if you have something to ask about learning things or something about uh, you want to clarify or learn something uh, that you have not and understood in the church. It says, ask your husband at home. Don't query in the church. Don't use your this time as a privilege to query and quarrel with your husband. To get back to your husband. Secondly, I think, if you look at it, it's, uh, uh, it says, don't interrogate your, your husband during prophecy part of the service. Probably that, that, that happens uh, during the prophecy. They are using it to interrogate their husband. Because if you look at the, the, the scripture at the end of that, the passages there, he says, uh, it says in verse 35, uh, it said, Paul was talking about if anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husband at home. And these were apparently married women because Paul says that they need to ask their husband at home. So if you have a, a question or a problem, ask at home. Don't ask it and, and create a problem and get back to your husband. Sometimes uh, I can see this many times happening in the church, isn't it? It's a very awkward thing when, when, you, when you challenge your husband publicly in church. It's going to get even worse when you reach home. Yeah. The section is likely that women uh, was interrogating their husband using the prophecy part of the church service. See, if you look at it in verse 36 to 30, 30, uh, 38, uh, it says there, it says um, that they were married women, they were, um, uh, they were involved in the prophecy and everything. Probably this, they, was, they went overboard to all these things. So he says, there must be an order given for, it was not a prohibition. It was not even to control the woman. It was just, he says, put an order. If you have all these questions for your husband, ask him, ask him in, the church, uh, in the house, not in the church. Okay? And don't ask somebody's husband, ask yours. Is that okay? Yeah? Lastly, he says, there is an 
the, the ultimate purpose of orderliness is, is this. He says, Paul was saying to the Corinthians, and I think to us as well, he says, that the, the only reason and the greatest and the ultimate reason that there is order in the church, the overarching is this, is to build up the church and to build up one another. It's the focus of others and to build up the church. So this is the overarching principle that you can see here in 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 40. That the purpose of why we come together in the worship, the reason why there's an order is so that we build up the church and we build up one another. And our focus is others, not us. Isn't it? So, I, I kind of uh, duck the issues here. And I, I hope that you're not going to throw stones to me because I, I didn't say to the women, uh, you, you cannot. In fact, today, there's only one woman, uh, man speaking. The rest is women. I mean, two. two so, sorry. Aaron and I, there are two men, men speaking. Most of them are women. Okay, Even the singer, this, the worship team have a lot of women. Or women or girls, women and girls. Okay, so there's the thank God in in Billabong, it's not as serious as Corinthians. Amen. It says that we have all the women have the privilege to speak. We have great speakers, those women, and we exercise our gifting freely. But hopefully that when we do this, we do it. In the orderly and godly manner, focus on others and to build up the church, not to divide the church. Amen? So I hope that this morning uh, the Lord will, will speak to our heart. And um, before we, we go, I think this is an important question that we could ask for, for ourselves. Why do we gather as a church? And how God has gifted you to contribute to the body of Christ. And how will you use this gift to build up others. So I think we can, we can kind of talk to the person, at least not just your wife or your, your like, I'm, I'm not able to say to Johnny and Lauren, they're not girlfriend and boyfriend now, they are husband and wife, sorry. So, so you, can, you can talk to the person at least. Uh, not very often with you at home. Can you talk to someone, this three, and discuss for a few, min few, few minutes? Can you do that? It says, why do we gather as a church? And how do you, how, how has God gifted you to contribute to the body of Christ? How do you use your gift to build up others and build up the church? <laughs>